I finally, I've never had a, a Lyft credit before. Like, a Lyft? Oh, like the $2? Because everyone has it, right? Like, everyone has fucking Lyft and Uber. And some girl at work was like, can you send me a Lyft invite? And I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> finally, someone has asked me. Finally, like, I get the free 50 bucks. I've never had you that You got 50 before. bucks from Lyft? Yeah, yeah if, you, if you refer it. I went on a super hustle with that. Because I remember uh, Uber used to be yeah. cheap. Uber used to be like 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. And then now it's like five bucks. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> not even worth it. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked you for a referral code, and you're just but, like, uh, it's not worth it. I have, I, I have two phones. Like since 2019, I've had two phones. You have what a burner? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm carrying these two phones, and then one day I'm like looking at my two phones, like, why don't I just send myself? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that too. What yeah. I was doing, it, I was like, maybe I could get like free phone numbers and just, but then yeah. it probably just ends up being more expensive. <laughs> All right, no correct way podcast. For your mic, you got to move it a bit closer. A little closer? Yeah, just a bit. Or just like turn it so yeah. it's more in front of you. No just correct way podcast. Are we live here? Yeah, we're live. Oh, beautiful. Just doing mic corrections. Nice. <laughs> just <laughs> making sure we can hear everyone. Yeah. Um, we got Trey on the show today. Hey. Yeah. Our so boy, excited. Trey. Trey is a musician, the homie. The homie, musician. Model, entrepreneur, producer, hype man, poet. Ex-banker. Mm-hmm. Ex-banker, mm-hmm. artist, all-around dope dude. Homie. Yeah, I try, I try. Did we miss anything? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Shit. You guys did a better job of introing me than I could ever do myself, so I'm glad. <laughs> Usually like, people uh, are like, introduce uh, yourself. Let them know what you do. And I'm like, uh. No, man, you're an all-around. I would say you're, <laughs> I'd say you're an artist, musician, all-around. Um, but we're super excited to have you on the show, man. Obviously, we've known you for a while now, and mm-hmm. I couldn't think of a better first guest to have on the No Correct Way That's podcast. It's funny, because I think the first thing when we were talking about, like, how we were going to progress this, yeah. and you guys brought up, li- like, the whole, like, well, we know you're from Brampton. I'm like, That's true, because, like, our relationship has been a lot of, like, yo, Trey, like, we need you for this. I'm like, yeah. gotcha, I'm there. So yeah. But, like, we haven't really, like, had a lot of time to, like have this format. S- sit, really sit down and really yeah. get in the weeds of yeah. who people sit are. I feel like a lo- that's a I lot know. of, you know, like relationships and people in general right now. Like the, a lot of, your, say my homies, you'll, you'll meet like out partying and whatnot. You, you just party with them. You never yeah. really very chat surface. with them. Yeah, you, you get very like surface relationships yeah. and especially now with like, so the, you know, the being on phones and what Facebook and whatnot. Hell yeah. You feel like you, you just add them on Facebook and you do a little dive and you're like, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I got the gist of it. I need to go any deeper. Yeah. That's so it's true, true, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to get into a little bit of, I would like, like Perry saying, I guess we, we know you, but we don't really know you. Do mm-hmm. you want to kind of just run us through where you grew up? I what was childhood like for Trey? What were you like in school? Yeah. Hey, yeah. I could give you a little bit of a rundown. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Born in Toronto, raised in Brampton, um, but like raised since I was like five. So oh, okay. technically, I was born in Brampton. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. nothing else counts. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But um, I mean, it was it's interesting because like I guess the the thing about growing up for me was that like I wasn't the same as any of my friends. Like everybody has kind of like this like somewhat cookie cutter like life when it comes to like the suburbs and. Um, so, like, a lot of my friends, like, mom and dad lived at home or, like, they were divorced, but they both had, like, fucking regular jobs and yeah. whatever the case may be. So, it was, like, it was easy for everybody to tell a story and connect, but, like, mine was different. Like, my mom and dad were not working, but kind of working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you get my drift. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and uh, like, it was, it was, like, a lot, like, my childhood was, like, a lot of hush-hush. Like, it was, like, 
if you don't know, don't say it. Or you know uh, what I mean? Like it was yeah, like a yeah. lot of like keep it under the table, like whatever happens I at see. home, it stays at home, or whatever. Yeah. Um. At, but we, it was also funny because we were like really talented. Like I have two brothers and a sister that are all like step brothers and sisters, but we were all like super talented in sports. So we were very well known in the city and in the sports community for like being that good and people like believing that we were going to be like the first pro players. And in what sports or is it all different? Um, So we, the first sport we played was uh, soccer. And that was the one that ended up being like the one that we excelled the most in. But like at one point I was playing soccer, baseball, uh, basketball, baseball. I was like provincial champs, uh, provincial champs, basketball. We, uh, we were like, we didn't go too far in basketball. Like we were talented, but basketball was like not a thing that was like really super popping when I was younger in Canada. It's gotten much better. Um, was that a choice that you guys like you guys made or were your parents kind of like, you're going to play sports and you're going to be good at it? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Like I feel like we, I, I, we, I existed in like the, probably the last generation that really had a good grasp of what going outside meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? So yeah. like, we were we were outside twenty four seven, and again because of like the way that I grew up, it was a lot of like my parents pushing me to just pushing us to go outside and play, mm-hmm. and it was like yeah, and our neighborhood was like we lived in a square. Uh, Whereabouts in Brampton? Um, so it was like the like the old part of Brampton, yeah. um, like H section, right oh, by okay, Brampton yeah. City Center, um, and. Everybody there, it was like a very like dope and close knit community in that way where like we lived in a square and basically the way that the structure worked because it was a bunch of kids that lived uh, in my neighborhood was that like there were parents that went to work in the daytime, there were parents that went to work in the nighttime, but like the parents that went to work in the daytime didn't even really have to get a babysitter. It would just be like you let your neighbor know and your neighbor would just like keep an eye on your kid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as best they can. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, which was like super sick because like we like I've never been so close to like all the kids grew up like just a sense of community really it was like uh what's what's that book Lord of Flies oh yeah yeah Yeah, it was a lot like that like we just developed everything on our own um which like I was happy about because like I was kind of the ringleader there like I was was a little troublemaker when I was kids we I used to just make up games and like all that shit and everybody used to just like follow me like I wake up in the morning like all right what am I gonna do to them today (laughs) (laughs) so so you were kind of just a naturally born leader of all sorts of stuff did you ever um how how old would you been at this point uh so throughout this like throughout this period of time was like probably five until like 10 maybe that's sick yeah um, everything started to change a lot when I got to, when I got into like school. Um, like so a, like a high school or it was, it was elementary? like from elementary yeah. school, but, uh, mainly because like I, I realized that like I spent so much time in that pocket, like with my neighborhood that when I started to like conf- or get confronted by like other like leaders or other like kids like that, I'd be like, it wasn't that I wasn't like afraid to conf- it was that I was afraid to confront them. It's more just like, yo, whatever, bro. Like, there's enough for all of us to like yeah. do this. But like, you learn very quickly that like nobody likes to share. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel that. So like, I take a backseat. I'm like chill or whatever. And like, it started to allow me to kind of like also reflect on myself. And that's when I got into like fucking teen angst and all that crazy yeah. shit. What were you like in school? Like, were you um, were you a good student or were you kind of? I was. I was definitely just like a friggin' troubled delinquent. Like, <laughs> I was I was good in school, and a lot of my teachers took notice of that, so I've had a lot of, like, 
that like student teacher relationships where they're like pushing you and yeah, yeah. Had your best. Spent a lot of time in the counselor's office. Oh man, but it was like it was it was chill. Like I always like had I wasn't like honor roll mm-hmm. but I was always like just under like I did enough to like look good enough that my parents wouldn't be like super cheese yeah um, <laughs> was it were you just not like were you just not interested in the school or um I feel like to be honest that had a lot to do with uh like growing up because like because of the state of my household it was like there was so much that I, that I was thinking about from like home and shit that like when I got to school I was like Bro, I don't even have time for this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what are you teaching me? You yeah. know what I mean? And I feel like that was a big thing that started to change a lot. That I, at first, I was like, yo, school is stupid. Like, I'll never, like, force my kids to go to school for yeah. anything. And that was, like, my choice because I didn't go to uh, college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, like, a huge choice and, or reason as to why I didn't was because I was like, yo, I don't need this. Like, yeah, yeah. They're not teaching me anything that I, I need, um, which changed a lot as you, like, grow older because you're like, oh, shit, like, people actually want like structure and like specific words that you have to know, like the, yeah. the language of whatever mm-hmm. like industry you're in or whatever. It's just like so important for you to go to school and like learn that aspect of it. But I survived. I'm doing okay. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, um, so in high school, what were you, if you weren't really into school, what, what type of stuff were you getting into in high school? Um, if school, like some people are just obsessed with school. They want to get good grades. That's what they're focused on. So when I was, to backtrack a little bit, yeah. when I was like, uh, I want to say 12-ish, I learned that I was like really good at writing. So like mm-hmm. I used to write short stories like crazy and like to the point where like they'd have me like go up on and, uh, at like assemblies and like oh, wow. tell my like, short t- stories to like the school and shit like that. And I'd like... Again, I've never been like for that. I'm like, yeah, I write this, but like, I don't want to like, yeah, you know, you write it for you, not exactly. for anyone else. But anyway, so like, uh, I kind of got really into writing, and that's when I stopped playing sports, um, and started like doing just like mad writing. So when I went into high school, that was my thing. Like, I was the writer. Like, we had like sections, and the sections were always like, we had like a hill, and then we had like a, a I don't know, like a little step thing. And there were, used to be like little pockets where everybody like used to like chill. Yeah. And all I would do was like look for that opening and chill over there. But not realizing that like I'd be chilling with, we were very like segregated. So like I'd be chilling with the Indians or I'd be chilling with the black people. Yeah, I'd yeah. be chilling with the white people. And everything would be like that in like high school. But you were kind of in the middle. And I was kind of in the middle of everything. Um, but it was also like all the rest of the kids who were like not, who didn't have a focus, that was their focus. Like being social was something that was big. So, like, everybody would be like, yo, what are you doing over there? What are you doing over there? And, like, mm-hmm. I ended up getting into, like, a lot of trouble because of <laughs> my ability to be able to be everywhere. Yeah. So, I'd be like, yo, you're not down with us, whatever the case may be. And uh, and that was, like, the the beginning of, like, me being, like, the anti-kid. Like, I was just, like, a lot of, always, like, yo, like, I fuck with everybody. Yeah. But everybody was like, no, you have to fuck with us exclusively. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, though. It's such a strength. I was listening to uh, something the other day, and they were talking about you could be the smartest person, know everything, be like a Steve Jobs. But if you're not, if you don't know how to act socially mm-hmm. and, and kind of work social um, in social situations, you're not really going to progress. So I think that's a great skill that you kind of learned at an early age. Just yeah. <coughs> is how to Except it was funny because I didn't, like I learned enough to be able to like exist, but I feel like it wasn't until recent that I learned enough to like actually be able to be beneficial or to even right. be able to like maneuver, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like you learn like the slight differences in those things where it's like, it's cool to be able to kind of like, I was like, again, so like 
really into writing that like that was my focus. It wasn't really for the people. It was more so like, yo, there's a pocket where people won't bother me, and I'll just like. So, so how'd you how'd you find out you were super into writing? Yeah, you were so busy with sports and everything. Were you was it something you were procrastinating doing, or was it just? I think. I think what happened was when I was like when I was like twelve. Uh, I had an English teacher that like. Uh, used to start every day with us doing like these like short story writing things where she'd like put a bunch of like words in a hat and you pick the word out and you have to write like a whole story and That's like, cool. in- incorporate the words. So like that was something that like I was killing and like it was like I wrote all these like crazy ass like uh, short stories and the class used to fucking love it or whatever <laughs> the case may be. So that was like where it started and like I was like, oh, okay, I kind of fuck with I just kept doing it, kept buying, like, little journals or whatever, wrote all over my, my binders and stuff. So, like, I have literally, like, crates and crates and crates of my writing since I was, like, maybe 14. Damn. Just, like, That's chilling. sick. What, what, was it, what was it that you really enjoyed about that exercise of writing? Like, was it an outlet or was it? It was, it was, it was definitely it being an outlet and then also just it making me feel like I began to, like, know myself. You know what I mean? Like, before that time, a lot of the things that I did was just, like, for the sake of it. Like, I never knew why I was doing it. I was just, like, I like being a leader. I like having, like, people, like, wait for me to tell them, like, what to do or just, like, being able to to have these ideas and people enjoy the ideas that I'm, like, coming up with and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So, like, that was, like, the beginning of it. But then, like, once you start exploring what that means to you and once you start kind of developing your like personality that's like a whole new world so i feel yeah. like i got trapped in that for a long while <laughs> that's awesome yeah. yeah that's really cool um so you from that it's it's cool because what was the um you know the social was there any repercussions of kind of leaning into that as opposed to being sports because i think sports is in you know a social setting is kind of looked highly upon mm-hmm. whereas writing you know yeah. You might look like an outcast, or totally. was there any re- I mean, repercussions in there? Yeah, crazy repercussions. Like I, so it's funny because uh, what who I was when I was younger in sports kind of progressed. So like I was, I was never like the most talented. Like my brother, he's like he plays pro and shit. Like he, oh, wow. he's really good. Uh, but I was always like the enforcer. I was like the person who kind of like had a dope perspective of like yo. Like, my team is the most important thing. Like, I fought a lot on the soccer field for, like, everybody to make, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was that dude. And uh, I also, like, was that person for morale. And, like, I was the person who was on the pitch just, like, making sure everybody was like, yo, you have to cover that. Like, I was very vocal in all those senses because I I understood, like, whenever I used to, like, watch sports, watching Michael Jordan and watching Allen Iverson, I knew what it took to be like that person to be a leader to be the person that everybody like looks up to and I always kind of like used that to my advantage was like I was never afraid to be vocal I was never afraid to like express that I knew these things right mm-hmm. um but when you get into something like writing or anything creative it's a little bit or a lot more personal like my girlfriend uh talks a lot about like the narcissism that comes in being like a creative where it's like mm-hmm. you have to be very like self-absorbed you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but That's it, true. It, it, I, there's a lot of reasons behind that but like when it came to that transition I feel like a lot of people that I knew at the be- uh, earlier like kind of rejected the fact that I was kind of like not doing the leadership thing anymore and so like it turned into I remember grade nine 
I was like, coolest kid. And then grade 10, it like flipped like that because wow. I was like, I stopped doing everything that I was doing before and I only wanted to write. And everybody was like, what the fuck? So like, I used to, <laughs> I used to get Nerd. Like, picked on. <laughs> I used to get picked on a lot. But like, it was also my fault because like, I was still being who I was. So like, they'd be like, yo, Trey, let's do this. And I'd be like, no, I'm not down for that. And they'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> Oh man, but uh, it was still fun. Like I, I wasn't. I don't think I was phased as much as other kids would be with the things that happened, and it was never that bad. Like you know, like birthday beats was always like the worst for me because I get like a hundred kids trying to like give me birthday beats, so I'd be like hiding for the whole day. Um, Did you know? Um, like obviously now you're into music and hip hop and stuff. Did you know at that point in high school when you were writing that? That maybe that was what I was progressing to. Progressing to, or was nah. It? <laughs> the funny thing about that is that that started because like I was always an R and B dude, and like the first hip hop people I listened to were like uh, um, Tupac, uh, DMX, nice. um, <laughs> <laughs> the good shit, you know. Um, and Common, uh, it was funny. It was like the first like CD that I ever owned, and it wasn't even my CD. My brother's godmother bought it for him but he didn't really like feel it that much so i used to like rinse that cd like back when discs then were a thing i yeah. used to just like play that back to back to back to back and like that dude was like important to like starting that whole thing and then in school it became this was when like mixtapes were like mad big so it became a thing where we were like yo like everybody used to handle all their beefs with each other through doing like diss songs. In your <laughs> yeah. school? Yeah. No way, awesome. really? Yeah, so. That's hilarious. <laughs> didn't even, didn't even face to face, just threw up a mixtape. Yeah, threw up a mixtape. It, <laughs> it was crazy. So, but, and uh, so I was around two kids that were like mad nice. So uh, Scotty, uh, who's, I still rap with today. Yep. Like he was like super nice with it. And then uh, Jeff, who's present Jeff, who's, who's doing well in music as well, he was super nice with it. And like, I knew how to write, but I didn't know how to record at that time. So right. I'd be like in the studio, just like straight fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, I built like a terrible reputation for myself. Cause like everybody was like, I'd be on all these songs and these guys are like mad dope. And then it'd come to my verse and I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> what did you learn about yourself there though? Like, obviously you pushed through that. Was it tough when you were failing? How did, nah, you, how did like, you find the, so to keep going? I feel like that was, that was the, the thing that I uh, was beneficial was that like being that like how my childhood progressed and that I had like the whole idea of what leadership was beforehand. Like when I was faced with any of those challenges, like my first reaction was like, nah, like I'm gonna get better. Like fuck yeah. you guys. Like, yeah. You doing the whole Kanye, like two summers in a basement shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I was just like, nah, like, okay, I suck at it right now, but you wait, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was always like something that was like mad instilled in me. That was like, I'm not, if I wanted, I'm not giving up. It's going to be what I get. You know what I mean? Did you think you found that drive through like sports or is that just something you kind of have always had in you? I think it was like a mix of a lot of things, sports, but then also like, again, like because of the neighborhood and because of the, the role that I played in that, uh, to like all these other kids and stuff like that. It was like something that <clears throat> I feel like just like was natural. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Cool. That's um, sweet. Perry's looking at me. I, I have so many <laughs> questions. Go, go, ahead, go, Perry, go, go ahead. No, you go, you go ahead, man. I was just going to progress. I was just going to progress to, uh, so grade 12, you graduate. Uh, where are you at? Like, what are you thinking? Are you, are you thinking about college? Are you thinking about moving to a different city? Where's your head out in grade 12? Because in grade 12, everyone's like, 
uh, everyone's like, I'm going here, I'm going mm. there, I'm doing this. So yeah, everyone's yeah. got their shit planned out for the most part. So how's that for you guys? Grade twelve. Yeah, I wanted to. I like had shit. I had crap grades all through high school and didn't really care about school. But in grade twelve, I realized that I wanted to go to Ryerson and, and move down to Toronto for radio and television. Okay. So I was like, okay, I stopped smoking a lot of weed, <laughs> uh, and I started like actually focusing on my grades, and I pulled them up high enough to. I just really wanted to move down to Toronto, so I was like, okay, if I move down to Toronto, I need to do something, and I wanted to be in television yeah. and entertainment. So I was like, this is one of the best programs in Canada. Yeah. I only need to get my grades up to about an eighty-five, and I was able to do that. But that was kind of where my head was at. Grade twelve, I wasn't driven that what like that hard. Um, I had good grades and everything all through school, but my outlook on what I needed to do and had to do was very just cookie cutter. It was, I got to go to school, get a business degree, and that's that. So I coming out of grade 12, I got, you know, I applied to the universities I wanted to go to, got into most of them. I picked the one that my buddies were going to, closest to me, so it was, you know, just yeah. simple, easy thing. I went there, and again, and just got there, and it was not driven at all. I was just partying it up and I was still getting good grades which makes no sense but yeah. I was and so that's it was just one of those things where I was just not being challenged and not being pushed at all I was just way too comfortable so yeah. and then that's when I really wanted to like push myself out of that so I feel like being comfortable you know being comfortable by de definition means just you're happy staying where you are yeah you're not progressing yeah, yeah so. what was so I'm curious because like yeah. that I, I find interesting because I feel like so many people when it comes to that, especially when you're doing good in school and shit. So it's like, you're not motivated, but you're doing good. You can just like coast through life. And most people are like, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. I'm making a salary, I'm buying this house, I'm yeah. dating like this chick. And this like, chick. You just like, got enough money. To, like, your 50s and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, that's and when you, and then you <laughs> have your midlife you get, crisis. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I'd, I'd always dreamt of bigger when I was younger and whatnot. Like, I wanted to. You know, I had all these big uh, dreams and aspirations, and then you get to school, and then the path gets carved out. Where it, for me, it was you know, I'm I'm going on to be an accountant because you get good money, yeah. and then it, like you just said, you kind of get all the uh, the basics or yeah. just like flatline. And so I I think I was just I, I I don't know if I had a quarter life crisis or something, but and it was all of a sudden I you know. Sort of got a, I got a job basically being an internist marketing and I was learning so much more in a, a week of being there and I was like this is it I just need to you know f figure this out jump ship um, and just stay you know not in that path and kind of carve my own a bit mm -hmm. um, you know it's still a business path and whatnot but it was at least more entertaining and I learned more way faster than going to school because um, my thing with in, being in school was I was learning from pe people you know, they're technically mentor, mm -hmm. uh, being a mentor to you, but people are doing what I don't want to do. I don't want to be a professor at a university, so why am I learning about these guys about marketing principles? So, yeah. It's also, like, who you're around. I w nobody where I'm from goes to university. Like, everyone just, like, gets, <laughs> like, is landscaping or does construction and everything, so <clears throat> the breakout of that was a bit. But I was also lucky that I had people in my life that work in creative industries, and I, and I saw it, that it could be done. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing is if you have someone either in close to in your circle, um, I call it like you know, say you're gonna you're gonna reach for the highest branch you think you can reach for in terms of like your life. You see, you have a, a you know a dad or something who's in 
crazy astrophysicist working in spaceships and whatnot, you'd probably try and be something similar to him. Yeah, you know it's possible. Where, whereas, you know, if you, I think a, a lot of people, if they have a dad who just works at, you know, a desk job, and they, they probably see, oh, yeah, he's, he's comfortable, he seems happy. Um, and so they'll, they'll just try and do kind of the mediocre. So I think to get out of the, your yeah, comfort zone and try and, and be inspired by other places, that's when people start breaking out and doing different things. For you, it seemed like you had all these different um, uh, inspirations and whatnot, and just like the people around you, that it, the path wasn't so set in stone. Yeah, what the fuck? This isn't about us, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you try to Jedi mind, start asking us questions. Um, <laughs> I like how he flipped it, though. He was smooth. Yeah, yeah. where I'm just like, what um, the fuck? <laughs> Go ahead, Trey. Go ahead. No, I mean, like, where were I you guess at? the one thing, so there's this, like, story that I tell and don't tell because, like, it's, like, mad sad and shit, but, like... Tell um, it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you got to tell it. <laughs> but, I like, the one thing that I... That I didn't say that uh, was a huge inspiration was that like I had a cousin who was like actually super dope in music uh, and like had like the, the cookie cutter story where he started in like uh, church um, but was like very revered like the most social person you know like he was just like he was destined to be like a superstar yeah. and uh, he was just like killing it and he had this group uh, and they used to like go back and forth doing DJ gigs and shit like that like they had their shit completely together which I feel like what a lot was because of him like I didn't know him that well other than the fact that like my family like everybody in my family like loved him and talked like, about him yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- you know what I mean like he just had this like this aura around him which like you couldn't like escape yeah uh, and he passed away in a car crash Shit. Um, when I was like I want to say when I was 12 he was 16 something like that um, and that affected me a lot because that like he I feel like was the first person to like also hit me with that like yo there's more than this like you don't have to like do what everything and what anybody says or whatever you know what I mean like if you want to explore other things explore other things and like uh, I really like again it was just like something that like allowed me to develop my personal identity a lot was like having somebody open up like my eyes to that um sort of fast track like I spent so much time like trying to figure myself out that when grade 12 came, I was like, oh shit, like I gotta decide shit. But like, I didn't, I hated what all my friends were doing because all my friends were like that. Like, we're gonna go to like uh, Centennial College and like mm-hmm. learn how to like fix a plane or like, right. you know what I mean? Like, everybody was doing like the trades and I was like, I don't wanna do that. Um, and I was, I n- knew that I was getting like good marks in English and business. So I was like, okay, whatever, I guess I'll do, I'll go to like, school for that. And I was supposed to go, so um, I was I was like mad poor when I was a kid, so I had to do OSAP, like ninety percent of us, right? Yeah. So I didn't get uh, accepted right away, but I if basically they were like, "Yo, uh, you pop, you'll probably get accepted, but you have to put like a deposit down, and then we'll give you like your money when you're in school." So I get accepted to Sheridan uh, for business marketing. I put the deposit down first day of school, like get there, and they're like yo, you're not registered. So I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so I go to the gu- the guidance office, blah, 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 and we're going through all this shit. And I guess, like, I don't know if this has ever happened to anybody in the history of school, but, like, they made a mistake and put the deposit under somebody else's oh. name. So I'm like, so they're like, yo, like, we can get you in in January. And I'm like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, 
being a dumb kid, I was like, yo, this this must be like this sign that I'm not yeah. supposed to go to school. <laughs> so I just, I was like, fuck it, I'm you never going back. Took it and ran. Yeah, but um, did you also, get your deposit back? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> good man. I was the important call things, up. The important yeah. things, bro. Um, but um, the other thing that was happening at that time was like the in grade twelve, I also got kicked out of uh, my house. Mm. There's like a whole bunch of shit going on yeah. there with like the family and uh like my brother was already like in England going back and forth. We had like um moved out of the house that we were in to be able to pay for him to go back and forth. So I was living with my grandmother. The whole family was living in like uh with my brother's dad's like grandmother. So it was like just like a bunch of grown ups in a house and everybody was getting on each other's nerves. And yeah, I was, like, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that would happen with any family. Yeah. So I was the one who got the boot. Um, you got rooted the first. <laughs> how old? How old were you? Uh, like sixteen, seventeen. Wow. Um, so I, lucky enough, had like an uncle who like uh, took me in and let me live in his basement, which was also something that was like dope because that was the same uncle who had let my cousin who passed away like set up his like recording studio in the basement. Right. So now I'm in this basement with all this recording equipment. With the cousin that you idolize. With the cousin that I idolize. That's cool. So you, yeah. you know, you have that moment where you're like, damn. Yeah. But. Yeah, so, like, a lot of that time was, like, based on, like, moments that I thought were destiny. <laughs> That's cool. It's cool um, you're able to, you know, see that and pick out good things yeah, from it. Because, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of the time with, especially loss with someone, uh, either you idolize or just someone close to you, you kind of go in, like, a, a hole. Oh, or, yeah. yeah. That happened probably the first, like, two months. Like, oh, okay. To, like, I can say to this day that was, like, I think that was the last time I ever cried. But, like, I cried for, like, a week. Like, literally, wow. I'd wake up every day just, like, fucking sobbing. Like, yeah. uh, That's crazy. But yeah. it does sound like Perry said you were able to find positives. Like, your OSAP doesn't go through. You can't go to school. You're kicked out of your house. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? But you kind of were able to, maybe you had moments of, like, sadness or upset, but you were able to, to kind of be like, okay, well, I'm not going to go to school. wasn't meant to go to school. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's always been me. Like, I feel like, I don't know, like, I owe it to myself, and I owe it to... I don't know why I've always felt this, but I, I, I always felt like I, I like kind of owe it to every single person that I meet to like not be that person who like gives them a reason to be sad as well. Right. True. You know I mean? Yeah. Like, Where how do you find how do you how do you find those positive notes though? Like most people like that get kicked, getting kicked out of their house or you know what I mean, not getting into school like that would be devastating to them. Yeah. That, that would ruin them for a year. So how are you able to kind of just flip the switch and be like, you know what, shit happens. Well, I feel like that's, again, that's kind of what it is. Like, at, like I always had people around me that kind of, like, looked at me for answers. Right. So I was like, oh, I can't not have the answer now. You right. know what I mean? Like, I don't have that opportunity. There's nobody that I've ever looked to, like, man, like, what do I do now? It's always been like, okay, you, you got to figure it out. Like, the only person I ever thought was going to be that person passed away. So I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, you, you know got to fill the, so fill the boots. Me. So you move into the basement. Um, yeah, so I move into the basement and like I just like spend all this time recording. So like last year of school, I kind of like build a, at least a little bit of a name of where people like. It was funny. Like I remember playing one of the songs, one of the songs that I did like over the summer, and being like, "Yeah, like I'm gonna make a, a splash with this," and like playing it and having people go from like, "Yo, your shit," to like, "Okay." Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I like because of my the uh, identity that I had, 
I knew that that oh, okay cool meant that they were like oh shit he's actually good yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, I gotta look out for this guy like, now hey, he didn't say anything bad I got you now you're on yeah. the ropes you yeah. know what I mean yeah. um, it's funny though that they wouldn't like in that type of community sometimes. They're not going to give you a compliment, though. No. Be, you know, <laughs> you know? They're like, okay, cool, but like, not like, dude, that was sick. Like, yeah, good yeah, for you. Yeah. It's just like, okay, I see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But it was, it was also cool because like, that was like the first time we kind of like started getting into like business and shit because uh, of uh, Scotty's uh, brother uh, was like a mad older than us, and he had put us on like the whole like mixtape game mm. uh, and like gave us, like, a, a plug to, like, print mixtapes and, like, shit like that. So, like, mad early, we were the first people to, like, go to school and just, like, have, like, a professional, like, mixtape with, like, a sleeve and, and everything. This would have been, wh- what age would you have the mix like, doing uh, that? You're like, still in high school or yeah, you're out of school? still in high school. Okay. So, like... So, that's when you kind of started getting your edge in terms of, you know, hustling and money. Yeah, yeah, sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, Hell cool. yeah. That's dope. Um, so, like, we, like, we printed, like, 300 of our first mixtapes, sold out. And we were like, yo, this is This sick. is it. You know what I mean? So now we start feeling it. Now we're skipping class to, like, go record. So, like, grade 12 was, like, a write-off. And I remember, like, I even, I, I think I had to go back for one credit because we skipped so much in grade 12 that, like. For sure. Yeah. It was, and, like, and pretty bad. Because you got accepted into college, right? So you, you obviously yeah. had to have been, you know, de- at least decent to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it took, it. we had to fix that shit or whatever. But, like, we definitely, like, kind of dove headfirst into that which was, like, mad dope, but then it was, like, this weird period where, like, we all got accepted. So, like, now, uh, like, Scott went to school in Hamilton, and, like, my other homie, uh, I think, went to, uh, he went to uh, Sheridan for, like, mechanics or something like that. But, like, we're all just, like, kind of separated, but, like, still kind of, like, close weekends we chill, whatever the case may be, and, like, everybody kind of picked a path that brought us back together. Uh, school didn't really work out for a, a lot of us and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> good, thing you, good thing that OSAP didn't go through. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Who knows what the fuck I'd be doing now. I'd be like a lame right now. So <laughs> when, when you were after high school, you move into your uncle's basement. Yeah. You're recording. Uh, and then was there a point where you're like, okay, like I need to get a job or I need to do something here? Yeah, for sure. So what happened was like, uh, with those situations, obviously, at first, everybody's like, yeah, come here, don't worry about rent, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then two months in, he's like, okay, you got to pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's when you. Like, that's when it slaps you in the face. Yeah, yeah, I was like, shit. I was like, damn, okay. Um, and that was like the point, like, that was the point where I was like, all right, cool, I got to go get a job, blah. Um, and, well, I mean, I was always working before that, but yeah. all the jobs were kind of like, they were like fucking minimum wage, like whatever yeah, job, yeah. part-time. Uh, and I had, where did I even meet this dude? I can't remember where I met him, but I had this homie who was, like, always plotting on, like, call center stuff. So, like, the first job I got was, like, in a call center. Um, like, collections or something? Oh, no. Who? What it was was that, like, there was this girl who I was, like, I spent, like, probably from grade 10 to grade 12. And, like, I really liked her, and I was, like, so focused on getting her. But she always used to, like, <laughs> date older dudes and, like, all this stuff. And then at, at grade 12, she, like, lost a little bit of her luster. And I was, like, oh, <laughs> so I pounced on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a lion in the, in the beach, just waiting. <laughs> so, like, we were, like, mad, chill. And uh, she was, like, she was like good and bad because she used to play with me all the time yeah, and yeah. shit. Head but um, she uh, she put me onto my first job, which was, like, working at, sp- like, a Sprint, like, first actual job, working at, like, for Sprint. Yeah, the so phone Sprint company? Be, yeah, yeah. Sprint used to have, like, an office down here. We used to deal with, like, mad Americans. It was, like, 
it's wild. You have like people from Texas calling me like, yo, y'all, y'all cut off my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I need y'all to put that on right now. And I, <laughs> like, I can't do anything. You owe like two thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Like pay it. Yeah, but it was wild, uh, and it was dope because like the I've always had a thing for finding jobs that were like companies that were just starting out. Right. So if you if you guys have ever worked for a company that just started out, the incentives are like super sick because like mm-hmm. they just got money from the government. And shit, yeah, so like, all gross. We're trying to like they have this big dream of like having the people who started there be there forever and like mm-hmm. we have incentives every year you get bonuses and like it started off so sick and then within a year just switched to being like in prison yeah. <laughs> it was just like those seen, those call center jobs are nasty too yeah, yeah there's just, there's just no it's just a loud droning buzz and so it's it's interesting that that's your first job mm-hmm. and you probably wanted to get out of the workforce pretty quick once you, I mean, once you work if, in a place I like that. I think the funny thing is that I didn't. I fucked with it because, like, I really... That was probably the first time where I developed a bunch of relationships that, like, I, I enjoyed, mainly because I feel like at that age, like, I was, what, 17 maybe yeah. at that time? Like, we're all in this, like, environment and we're all still, like, pretty young. Also, everybody was, like, maybe like 20, I was like 17, everybody in there was like 20, 21, but like they still had dreams as well, right? But like they were a little bit further along and like they used to talk about it and talk about all these like glory moments that I haven't had yet. And I'm kind of like, whoa, like you guys are sick. So they're like looking at me like, yo, this kid like, you know. Idolizes us. You know what I mean? (laughs) So like we're going back and forth and exchanging shit. So I was never really into it, into it. But like that was probably the first time where I was able to like use kind of like the social aspect of me like actually enjoying the people mm-hmm. that I was around to kind of keep a job. You I probably wanted it. to prove to yourself that you could do a great job too, right? If you're oh, a hard worker. Hell no. I sucked at it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was so bad at call center. He just likes but to call they kept Texas. me around because they were like, yo, I'm going to go to work and like talk to trains. He's going to make me feel better about working at a call center. Right, right, so like right. so many people were like, like kept me around. But then, you were in-house uh, therapy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right on. <laughs> but uh, so this, this, I remember this moment vividly because what happened was like um they like were they a bunch of their money got cut sprint wasn't giving them a lot of money um so they're like yo we're gonna have to cut people and everybody starts sweating and uh, i was like whatever like they cut me i'm like fuck i'll just find another job um and then they like cut half of my friends like half my friends gone and like a lot of it was for no reason and that was the first time i've ever like experienced like some shit like that so they're like we don't have any reason to fire you like fired you because you don't have the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't need a reason. And I was like, yeah, that's fucked up. And yeah. everybody's just like up in arms and like all these uh, things that they were promising us, like bonuses start disappearing and shit. And then I remember there's this girl that I was like mad into. The same they, girl that we're talking about? No, new girl. <laughs> that, the, the old girl got out of here. Like as soon as I got the job, I was kind of done with her. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. happened was there was like, there was, uh, she was like milking me for money. Yeah. And, I mean, it wasn't like her fault. It was kind of just like the expectation as a boyfriend. But yeah, like, totally. It was a lot of shit that was going on that I was like paying for. And I was like, yeah. I don't like this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, like, I got on. I was off that. And then I got into this call center and there's this like older chick, babe. Everybody loved her. <laughs> same shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100% same shit. Um, so uh, I, like, I remember like we were like mad close. And everybody thought we had like this huge thing going on, blah blah blah. And I used to like I got I got my car like that year, so I used to drive her back and forth like to work, and we used to party together, and like it was like a dope relationship. And they call her into the office and let her go. 
And like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I decided I wanted to be like that dude. So I like stand up and I go into the office and I have this big fight. I'm like, if you don't hire all these people back, like I'm leaving. <laughs> True leader. <laughs> Needless to say, I, I didn't keep that job. <laughs> <You're not, you're laughs> They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not how, that's not how it works, brother. That, it ought to be like a real uh, real movie moment. They're just yeah. like, all right, then uh, fucking leave. <laughs> They're just like, you're not even good at your job anyway. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, Probably another blessing, though. Uh, yeah, 100%. So, But blessing, and oddly enough, I ended up back in like a call center environment, but that was when I started working for the bank. Yeah. Um, so one of the homies that I met at that job, so now I'm in like this dude who's like ends up being like this like blessing where like anytime I went to do something else, he always had like some job that like get me some money so I can like whatever. Um, so he hits me up like three months, some like fucking car insurance I haven't paid for like two right. months, blah, blah, blah. So everything's like backing up on me. He hits me, he's like, yo, he's like, yo, you want to work for the bank? I'm like, yeah. How much are they paying? He's like, yo, the money's so good, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so he gets me into the bank, um, working for Bank of Montreal. And, uh, like, the job is, like, super dope. And, like, this job I'm doing good at. Because, like, I've always low-key been, like, good with money. It's, like, yeah. part of, like, my business skills. Yeah. So, like, this job I'm, like, killing it. I'm, like, looking at all these accounts. And, like, I end up, like, getting my, like, uh, what do you call it? My credit. I'm accredited to do like loans and mortgages. Right. So I'm like killing it, going up, making all this money. Life's good. Yeah. But like I'm like creatively and like, like emotionally, and I'm stuff. just like crushed and benefits yeah. and all like everything was dope. But I'm like crushed. And it was the first time I'm like, damn, like I'm not inspired to write. Mm. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And like I'm having this like emotion, like this thing that's going on in me where I'm like, yo, what the hell? Like, were you, is were you happening? still doing all these things in the background? Or were you, is that what you're saying? You're, no, I was. Um, okay. So at this time, nice. I was also, because I'm like, el like I'm elevating myself in both aspects. So I start like doing like club promotions because I'm finally of age to go to clubs. So I start doing club. Well, actually, I'm like one year under. I think you're close. Yeah, close <laughs> enough. <laughs> so like, I'm doing club promotions. So it's like this job is like from like seven thirty until like three thirty. Yeah. But I'm going from seven thirty till three thirty, and then go home, take a nap, cook dinner, whatever, and then go to the club. And go to the club until like four and then come back yeah. and work again. So I'm like in On this vicious hustle. cycle, like hustling, doing two things at the same time. Because I'm like, yo, this is paying for everything. Um, and then like a bunch of crazy, like everything is going well on paper. But behind the scenes, I had lost like two cars to a car accident. Like just because I'm like tired and making yeah. like stupid mistakes yeah. and not really paying attention to the stupid mistakes. Um, and like, so everything is imploding and I'm like losing all this money in the back end that I should be keeping, but, like, I keep having these, like, dumb mistakes. Yeah. Um, and, like, I think I lose my license, but I'm, like, fuck it, I still got to, like, drive and do all this shit because, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it has to be done. So I'm, like, driving dirty and, like, just, it's, like, it gets wild at, at one point. Um, but, yeah. Were you, were you uh, so you, as you're working at the bank, like, you're, Life on paper at the bank, it looks like you're doing super well at the bank, you're progressing in mm -hmm. that job, but are you starting to lose touch with your passions of, like, writing and music? Yeah, because of everything, like, I didn't have time to write as much yeah. as I wanted to, and, like, I, it was interesting because that was something that reflects a lot in, like, I did okay 
at like promoting and being in the clubs, but like I'd be in clubs like trying to find a corner and like write a verse. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it's Doesn't like the worry, weirdest yeah. thing. Like I wasn't the dude who was like, yeah, turning yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. Like yeah. for the major parties, I would, but I had like like weekly nights and stuff that like I'd be in the club and like it's not as like big and turned mm-hmm. to whatever, but like I should be like hustling. I'm not hustling because I want to write and I can't find time to write. So like I'm doing that and like I remember being that dude who like everybody knew walked around with like this like leather book at the bank who like I'd, like on my yeah. breaks I'd write in between calls I'd write whatever yeah. the case may be um, and that became like a piece of me that was like mad important because like those writings were still super dope but they were also like not they were more for the sake of keeping that creative side alive and less for like being able to find or express like what I wanted to express. You For know sure. I mean? And it's, they're probably less inspired too when you're yeah. in a situation where you, you know, you could tell, especially creatively, creatively, um, if a person's heart's not in it. Yeah. Um, you can just, you know, people can cut through that pretty easily. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. You're at so, the bank and then is there, go ahead. So the big thing about the bank and the big turning point is that like, uh, I have this like dude who is like probably like 40 but ends up being somewhat of my like mentor in the bank for the st- for the sake of like being able to get whatever you want out of like that bank situation. Yeah. So he comes in, I'm already there for a year and he comes in and he's like he's like um he's like watch watch me and watch what I get. So he's like I've only been I've only been here for like 2 weeks and he's like in 3 months I'm going to be a manager. And I'm like whatever bro, you're talking mad shit. Yeah. And in 3 months this guy's a manager and he's like listen they're going to call you into the office <laughs> and they're going to ask what you want to be. You tell them exactly what you want to be. And you give them a timeline. You tell them you're not faltering. They need to do whatever they need to to get you to that place. And I'm like, sick. I yeah. got this. Yeah. Go into the office and they just like tear me apart. Because <laughs> <laughs> like basically like they had an idea as to how they wanted me to progress. And for him, he had like worked for banks. He had been like, he'd been like a journalist. Right. Like, track he, record. You know what I mean? He has like a huge track record. So he could literally do whatever he wanted. And he just like ignored that fact for me for the fact that I had none of that. <laughs> and he's like, just do this and you're good. So I go in there, they tear me apart. And then I end up having this like terrible relationship because like I end up shitting on all these higher ups for no reason. Right. And then <laughs> it's, it's awkward, right? Yeah. yeah. So then like, yeah, after that, that was like when the bank started, going, started going downhill. Because um, like they weren't, I wasn't getting the raises that I was supposed to get. They kind of like were kind of like keeping me in this place like kind of like doing enough that it would piss me off but not enough that yeah, like I can yeah. complain really yeah yeah not a crazy game. game but yeah so bank ended um and in between I was like throwing uh some pretty decent parties like in the urban industry like when Richmond was popping mm-hmm. like for clubbing um and that was like keeping me afloat and keeping me inspired and like keeping me connected to like a lot of people that were like coming up um that was like super sick that like I crazy appreciated like I remember we we uh used to run a club I forgot what the name of the club was but it was across the street from a club that EXO used to run called Time Mm -hmm. and every Sunday we'd go like back and forth and they used to like whoop our ass like their their parties were so much better obviously because like it's EXO they have all these like plugs yeah you know doing EXO shit yeah yeah. (laughs) just doing cool cool boy stuff yeah um but like it was just like it was, like, interesting to see, like, that aspect of, like, those guys, like, bubbling and, like, all the crazy shit that they were doing and, like, how I, what I wanted to kind of, like, somewhat aspire to or not, not even that I wanted to aspire to be them, but just, like, how they were able to find, like, those 
opportunities or those avenues and how like they played that social game so mm-hmm. well and like kind of tap into like what people like really desire and like that was always something that was dope for me that it was like them and that experience in the club industry and then like Kanye yeah. and it's it's cool when you can see something like that say be it be a competitor or whatever yeah. and you and you see it and you want to reach for it as opposed to seeing it and be like fuck those guys yeah <laughs> you know hell yeah um, did you, so then you're done, you're done at the bank. Do you move downtown to Toronto? Um, or are you already, or are you already down here? I, so I was the, my second, second bank job. Cause I had a second bank job. No, it was like insurance actually. It was for TD, but, um, I was still living with my uncle for the first bank job. No, I was actually on my own, uh, with, the, uh, this new girlfriend that I got. And her situation was, like, mad fucked where she, like, ran away from home because, like, her parents were, like, mad strict and, like, super whack. And then she was living in this, like, uh, um, apartment with her best friend. But her best friend literally had, like, her brother. uh, Her best friend had, like, a kid. Her brother had a kid. Her aunt was living. Like, it was, like, a two-bedroom with, like, 30 people. Mayhem. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. Um, So, like, that shit was going crazy. So, like... Again, I step up and be fucking Superman. And like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, we're moving out. Like, yeah. you know, we're going to get a spot together. So I get the spot with her and like I'm doing like, that was another reason why the bank was mad important was because I was paying like actual rent. Yeah, you, you know were the I mean? paycheck you were yeah. leaning on. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like all that shit's going on. And then uh, the cousin that I, so the last year that I was living with uh, my uncle, uh, his godchildren from the States move in with him. And then uh, he gets, like, this, like, babe chick, and he moves to Toronto and then starts telling me all these, like, crazy stories. And I'm, like, I'm seeing it from, like, the club shit, but I'm not seeing it from, like, an everyday yeah. aspect. And I'm, like, oh, shit, like, there's, like, a whole, like, city out there outside of, like, the nightlife. So now I'm, like, okay, I got to get down there. You know what I mean? I yeah. want to see how, like, that's that was when I made the connection between, like, what EXO was doing and, uh, like, how I was able to kind of, like, figure something out in that way. I was like, okay, well, they're doing it because they all live down there. Like, they're able to, like, see that on a regular basis. So I was like, I, I know that if I move down there, I can kind of, like, find my own lane. Um, so that put a whole thing on, like, the relationship that I had because uh, I lost a job, uh, which I didn't want. I kind of just, like, backed out because, like, I couldn't take all the shit that was going on in it. Um, and then I get all this pressure because uh, my girl wants to have like a kid, and like oh. she's trying to like lean into that like life, and I'm like, no, no, no. you just weren't ready <laughs> for that. Not that yeah. there's nothing wrong with having kids and stuff, it just wasn't. So the then uh, my cousin breaks up with the girl that he was with, moves into this other spot with his brother, and then they have this like extra like fucking like corner. It was like a like a den, like a den, like right? The Toronto den. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, yeah. but they're like, yo, if you want to move in, you can move in, and I'm like. This Say is downtown. Less. Yeah, this yeah. is downtown. So that was when You're I decided like, My to bag's downtown. already packed. Yep. <laughs> and that was the crazy thing because, like, I was, like, in my mind, I don't know why I thought this was, like, a real thing that could happen, but I'm, like, this girl that I'm living with, I'm telling her, yo, I'm about to move into a den in Toronto, but you can't come with me. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I love you, so we should stay together, but just, like... <laughs> How did that go, Trey? Uh, it lasted probably a year. 
Wow, that's longer <laughs> than I expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Andrew right away. No, I, yeah, I we mean, tried. I, I was able to convince her that this was, like, the right thing, but then... You're all about the movie moments. Yeah. <laughs> so then you move downtown, and then it's, it's just, it's just things start popping. Yeah, like, so you're right started, in it. It's funny. It, things didn't right away start popping. Yeah, yeah. It took me some time, because, like, I was the only person down here. My cousins weren't into the scene. Yeah. Like, they were, like, one was trying to be, like, a pilot, and it was, like, a, a ship ca- captain... Uh, and the other one was, like, kind of, like, just doing his thing. So, like, when I used to go out a lot uh, outside, like, the clubs, like, into, like, music stuff and be the only person there because I didn't know anybody. I just, like, did enough research, was on Facebook heavy, trying to figure out, like, where I should be. But being in these spots and not really knowing how to, like, kind of make that entrance, especially, like, literally going to a spot alone. Um, And all my friends were still in Brampton. So the first, like, little while was, like, just me, like, kind of, like, continuing that narrative of, like, being in this, like, big social place and I was just, like, sitting in a corner. But this time I wasn't writing. I was kind of just, like, scoping things out. Yeah, it's a good place to be, though. (laughs) Yeah. So I take kind of, like, everything that I'm learning and I bring it back home. So on the weekends, I'd go back to Brampton and I'd just be, like, talking to my homies and being like, yo, this is what's happening out there, blah, 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 building this, like, huge, like, narrative uh, until a point where these guys are like, oh, yeah, we got to be out there, too. So then, like, all my homies start moving out here, and that's when it starts bubbling, because now, like, I have this team, blah, 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 and now we're starting to move, now we're starting to do shit, and we get, like, all these mad, like, dope opportunities, and, like, shit was, like, shit started popping off from there. It's interesting you kind of fell back into... I'm just going to run to the washroom quick. You guys yeah. No worries. Yeah, it's interesting you kind of fell back to, you know, where you were when you said you are around 5 to 10, kind of being, like, the leader and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of cool that it's that was ingrained in you that you're able to and capable to take that on. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it was. It's. I feel like it's. It's not even a thing. I feel like a lot of people have. They like to identify like roles and like there. There's like a lot of like processes that I don't have, which again goes back to like school, right? Yeah. And it, it's a benefit. It's a positive and a negative for me because like. I feel like school allows you to be able to have that complete connection with somebody where they understand you and, like, understand because they've learned it and they're like, oh, okay, I get this. And they can kind of foresee how that story or how, like, that role is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm not like that. I'm just like, yo, like, yo, somebody has to step up and do this. You know what I mean? So I'm, like, all about, like, I don't want to be the leader 100%. I want everybody to exist in this place where, like, we can all take those turns. Yeah. But you also have to be, like, real close to everybody for that to even be to possible. Work. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Because, like, when I first, when uh, when we first start, when everybody first moved down, um, what happened was there was, there was a, uh, one of our homies who lived down here had a spot and, one of our homies who lived in that spot was moving away to take care of the, uh, his family just bought a hotel. They were in the hotel business okay. and he bought like, they bought a motel in bumfuck nowhere <laughs> and they were like, yo, you got to go like manage that. So, so they sent him to go manage it. Now there's this like opening and uh, one of my, both uh, Scott and my homie Jay moved down. One takes the second bedroom, one takes the den. And then I, uh, my cousins who I was living with, they got subsidized housing, so they bounced. And I was like, shit, I need a place to stay. And, like, Toronto's mad expensive, so I'm not yeah. going to find a place on my own. And I didn't have, like, that network where I could be like, yo, I, like, anybody have a spot for a roommate or whatever? Like, so yeah, I was like, like fuck it. Or whatever. Yeah, that basically what happened was I ended up on their couch. 
for like a whole year. So I'm like on a couch. But the the aspect of us all being in one place was like super dope because you wake up in the morning and you're with your homies and you're like, all right, let's plot. So I ended up being like getting really into like and uh, I feel like fine tuning my business mind for what I wanted in that period of time because like all I was doing was waking up and by the computer and I'm like trying to figure out how to do this, trying to figure out how to do that like uh, in regard to like uh, I get into like streaming and like SoundCloud and like how to uh, promote music and like all this shit like that to be able to really understand how to like dive into the industry. But that was, like, mad short-lived because it takes more than a year to really, like, finesse that. And we, like, we ended up losing that house because we were, we were like, partying like crazy. Like, yeah. that was their first year down here. And, like, we literally were, like, out every night. And where we lived, we were, like, young in college. They were not about the party scene. Like, <laughs> we lived in, like, a condo where, like, probably only, like, 20% of the condo was rented and the rest was ownership. So all the right. owners were always like, bro, get these guys out of here. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, so, like, we got so many noise complaints. We were in and out of fucking, like, court for <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> trying to, like, sc- like scathe off eviction and shit. And, um, yeah, eventually they were like, yo, you got to get the fuck out. <laughs> sounds You're like one, too many people once you out. hit Toronto, you kind of, you knew this is where you wanted to be. And yeah, like for sure. When I met you and still to this point, you've always been a, a guy who's like in everything. Like you always use, you always have like a thousand things mm-hmm. going on, whether it's fashion, music, being an entrepreneur, doing a million events, things. Parties. Events, parties. Mm-hmm. How do you, um, now that we've kind of done an overview of yeah. all of that, having all these things going on at once, how do you kind of like keep it all together and keep yourself sane? Like, it's nonstop. Some people, it would just be so overwhelming for them. I mean, I feel like... (laughs) 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 You really got to think of this one. Um, I I feel like, yeah, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. It's like, I I don't think... I think I'm really, really lucky, and, like, I'm I'm thankful for this every day, and I I think about it a lot, actually, is that, like, it's just never been... A thing for me you know what I mean like I've always been the person to keep people up so like I've never really gone through those periods like I I've had a lot of moments but like I really feel like I keep a strong control over it mainly because I'm so consumed with so many things but I also feel like that's like a, obviously like a negative because like if it ever slows down, there'll be so much shit that I have to deal with that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Keep the train moving. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's a huge issue with, like we were talking about this before, it's like there's so many people that you meet in the industry that it's, it's just business, you know what I mean? And even if you guys do kind of like develop somewhat of a relationship that's outside of business, it's kind of like, yeah, we're going to this party together. Or like, you know what I mean? It's not like a real, it's not like the relationships that we were used to when we were kids where you're like, you know, I'm going over to his house to sleep over for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You have that yeah. those times to really like develop that deep relationship. Like, oh, come over to my family's for this or whatever. At least for me, like everybody that I know is like, I I don't think I know anybody's like parents really, yeah. and I feel like a lot of people like if I was like tomorrow like hey like let me come over for Thanksgiving people would be like uh <laughs> like they just reflect on all of our memories and be like uh we were stealing drugs <laughs> dude you can come to my house for Thanksgiving anytime <laughs> appreciate that <yeah>. um, <laughs> but are there any like tricks or anything or tips you do when 
you've got a thousand things going on in your head and your brain's kind of just like racing like crazy. Is there anything you do to kind of keep yourself centered or? I mean, I just know I have a goal and it's a really, really big goal. And anything that I've ever learned or anything that I continue to learn lets me know how much time and how much effort goes into accomplishing that. And uh, it's, it's basically just being able to kind of like every day take a second to check in and reevaluate what is important to you. So, you know so I mean? do you write down your goals or I guess you I yeah, I'm I'm I I've gone from so I used to be really into carrying like a notebook with me. Yeah, yeah. And now I've gone from having like fifty whiteboards just all over my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I I know there's you know, statistics on goals and writing them down. I think it's, you're you know forty percent more likely to complete them if you just have it written somewhere. Hell yeah! And it's especially if you keep reevaluating and looking at it, or even rewriting it every single day, it is yeah. a, huge, a great exercise. Oh yeah, it's, it's, like it's definitely like mad important to me. Like uh, the last spot that I lived in, uh, it was it kind of extended outside of like the whiteboards. I used to have like a bookshelf, and like all over my bookshelf would be like like uh, like tips for like. Uh, staying energized and like just like everything that I can write down. So like so I'm walking through my house and I just like look at something and it's like oh cool oh cool you yeah. know what I mean it really it keeps like, you grounded and yeah and on on track too you know if you you always see what you're aiming for you're very less likely to you know get get off off beat yeah um, or at least it's tougher to yeah but I definitely feel like especially for people who do go the route of like overstimulating himself or them consuming themselves with like a lot of things that are always happening it's like super important for you to every day have like at least a half an hour to an hour it's just like you take a second to like breathe and really like make sure that you're on track and that you're not like that you're just like emotionally good yeah. um because like a lot of like my emotional positivity i feel like comes from like just having that like crazy goal that like yeah. I still feel like is a I'm able to accomplish. You know yeah. what I mean? As like uh, speaking of emotions, as an, an artist and a musician, that side of you, um, I would imagine putting music out and putting anything that you've created out there in the world uh, can sometimes be daunting and, and make yourself very vulnerable. Um, is it tough for you to do that? Like, is it? Is it hard? Is it like when you're putting something you've created out into the world, is it kind of like a mind fuck at times? Or <laughs> oh hell yeah, um, that is actually a whole story in and of itself. Cause like <laughs> my music career is is very unique because I, I'm kind of like a, a J Electronica where like I really haven't put a lot of stuff out mainly because like I I respect that aspect of myself probably more than anything else. Uh, to the extent that, like, I always want it to be consumed in a particular way, mainly because, like, music, in my mind, has also played a huge role in, like, keeping sa keeping me sane, you know what I mean? Saving my life, like, in a lot of ways. And, like, that's something that I don't want to see, like, not do well or not, like, or fall flat, right. you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I want to be able to get the, to give all that the respect that it deserves. So, like, I have probably more music than anybody I know just like that's never been heard or never been released just <laughs> like sitting did. there waiting for a moment you know what I mean which is like where I'm getting to right now which is awesome because like it took a while for me to kind of figure out the industry and 
everything that's going on, but like I actually feel like I I found a pocket that makes real sense. So like a lot of my music is about to come out, which is like super dope. Right on. Yeah, pick up my mixtape is coming. (laughs) Now onto my mixtape. Could you could you point to a time specifically where you know music and you know having all this inner strength in in that has has saved your life? Could you point to it? Yeah. Um, Bro, I just hate sounding sad and stuff. Dude, it's, <laughs> it, it is better to talk about but, it. But, yeah, I feel you. Um, I, I guess, like, when I got kicked out, uh, it was something that, like, it took a lot. Like, there was a lot of shit that happened. Basically, what happened was, like, there was a lot of stress because of, like, the home situation. And uh, my mom and her boyfriend were, like, beefing, like, mad crazy. And I remember there was this time where, like, I, I stepped up. Uh, and I stood up to him for her, and like that shit was kind of like the like it. So uh, at that time, I got like kind of like the the like temporary kick out, where like I was staying with my uh, one of my best friends for like a week, and uh, I guess like they had been having their conversations, and I had been feeling my way. So like after the week, I was like, no, I gotta stay here for another week because I'm like analyzing, not really analyzing, but I'm just kind of like, yo, like. I don't want to go back into that right now. Like, I kind of just want to stay away from it. Um, and then when I came back, it was like a week later. My mom, uh, I'm going to work, and my mom drops me to work. And she's like, yo, like, uh, you got to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, fuck. Okay. And, like, that, it was funny because, like, at that time, I was like, fuck, right, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And... Um, I end up going, like, chilling with my uncle or whatever, but, like, the way that his, his, he kind of, like, lives his life, he has two kids, my cousins, and then he has a wife, but they, like, work, like, crazy, and then when they come home, they just, like, lock themselves in their room, and we have kind of, like, the rest of the house to, like, do whatever we want, so, like, a lot of it, again, was in that same format of, like, my childhood, where it was, like, bro, you have this space to do whatever you want to figure yourself out, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And um, that was something that, like, I did. And uh, music was something that was very helpful for that because, like, everything that I was writing at that time especially had a lot to do with kind of, like, exploring what was going on in my life. And and to uh, the first degree, how I felt, because I feel like I have, like, been able to explore that a million times more. And, like, which is crazy because, like, I went through a point where, like, I wasn't, at all, like, upset with my mom for making that decision, which I feel like I should have been. Um, but then I had that moment where I was upset and, like, I cut my entire family off. I used to be, like, a huge family person. Uh, even when I was in Toronto, go back for, like, Thanksgiving, Christmas, like, everything. But the I feel like one thing with, like, that I feel like is very common, especially in, like, the Caribbean, is that it's, like, there's so much shit that we deal with and like especially with the fact that like a lot of the Caribbean is like third world like you know what I mean outside yeah. of like the resorts it's just like everybody's struggling it's like you're still living off the land it's still like yeah. you know what I mean you still live in like tin like houses and crazy shit yeah. so it's like a lot of it's like survival you learn a lot about survival but like the emotional side you probably in your entire life never touch it's just like keep working keep working keep paying these bills and like you're good take a vacation once every five years you know what i mean like it's very it's 
rough like that. Don't bitch or talk about your feelings. Exactly. Nothing like that. So a lot of the emotional side of everything that happens in your family is just compressed, bottled, thrown to the side. And that was something that, like, with music and with the avenues that I want to go in, that I wanted to go to with my career, changed. So I did go through a point where, like, I cut everybody off. And I'm just now at a point where, like, I'm starting to let people back into my life. Um, I feel like a lot of that also is beneficial because, like, my brother did blow up and do super well in sports. So, like, my immediate family, like, my mom, my sister, and everybody is pretty good. Um, and, the, like, I still had a lot to deal with myself. But, like, it it wasn't like they were still in the same mindset that they were. So they were able to kind of, like, hear me out. So, like, recently I had, like, a dinner with my mom and my sister where it was just, like, it was, like, mad real and, like, mad dope because it was, like, I was able to actually understand what I wanted to express and express it to them in a way where they were like, shit. You know what I mean? They get it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, especially because, like, they still weren't, like, not fully in that mind state. Like, my sister probably more than anybody else is close enough, uh, and she's the youngest, which is interesting, but she's, like, the close enough because she's also not into the spo- into sports. Um, but we kind of connect in that aspect where we're, like, how we feel and how we want to change our community has a lot to do with just like being able to understand and explore those aspects of it and allow us to be a lot closer as like a community and as a family because like we'll understand like the this the pain and we'll understand just like yo when you don't want to go to work when shit's like when you've lost your job because you're not emotionally into it you know what i mean there's just like so many things that like we don't have an explanation for and everybody will shit on you like how'd you lose your job you're so stupid you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's just like fuck well, it's, it's interesting with music in general because just due to culture and society today, you know, everyone's taught not to really talk about their feelings, especially guys, um, you know, and maybe even more in the, so in the sports scene where, I expect, you know, everyone's trying to be macho or yeah. whatever, you know, guys, you know, no feelings, you mm-hmm. tough it out. Um, but with music, especially if you put out music, you know, because you're kind of writing down how you actually feel and you're more sincere in that way. And same with writing as, as well. Mm-hmm. So especially with, um, you know, you put, say you put something out and it, you know, d- gets shit on or something, that's probably got to be the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of good that you've kept a lot of it inside as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's also, I feel like that's <clears throat> also because of what you were saying, because of the fact that we don't, really explore that as men and as musicians or creatives like it's kind of like no like I'm not even gonna, <laughs> I was gonna use an example but I'm like no I can't use that example it's too controversial but <laughs> okay so I'll use this uh another uh, example Kanye I feel like is somebody who's who is a good example of it and has been like a huge inspiration for me uh it is uh his basically like growth into where he wanted to be because I feel like he has the same mindset that I have where it's like we see where we want to be and we see how big we want to go especially in music and it's like all right my goal is to do whatever it takes to get to that point but basically like he and his career a lot of it had to do with the fact that like he became a product you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like when he started he was making beats for everybody and that was his thing it was like yo you're you're the dope producer like we're using you for the beats yeah. and then you progress into an artist and people are like oh shit you're like you're a dope artist and you're breaking all these barriers and like in fashion and like in the like the social aspect of like who can be 
this type of high artist or high uh, superstar or whatever. And like, but none of that had to really do with like who, what, who he was or like there was no emotional connection. Kanye was also always known for like being the dude to wear the pink polo or the, the Louis backpack or he was always the dude to be to like uh, like spit about like dropping out of school. But like it wasn't like people were like, oh man, like Kanye, tell us more about like dropping out of school yeah. and how that felt. It was like, no, you just made it cool for us to drop yeah. out of school, so we're all dropping out of school. Yeah, you know I mean? they latch onto what they want yeah, to. Yeah, they latch onto what they want to. And it's like when you're a product like that, it goes from being something that you're expressing for yourself to something that you're expressing to make money. You know what I mean? And then when you are so when you're signed to a label, now it's like there's a hundred people behind you that all have like fifty grand to a hundred grand to how who knows how much salary that depends on you putting Succeeding. out another hot song and blah blah blah. So it's like it goes from you it goes from anybody caring about how you feel to just being like, Did you make that the new yeah. hot song yet? Yeah. <laughs> Where's our money? Yeah, you know what I mean? The thing sorry yeah. to go, I was gonna say about Kanye and I, I also can relate it. Um your story is like it's weird with Kanye now especially that he's he's saying these things on Twitter or whatever going on rants and then people are criticizing him for it but why isn't he just allowed like why aren't people allowed to just have an opinion it doesn't matter if you think his opinion is right or wrong that's his opinion and he's mm -hmm. free to have that opinion whether you agree with it or not is something else but well, I don't understand why everyone's like, shitting on him for having an opinion but yeah, yeah like you can have an opinion and it's it's having a negative effect in the way that like now maybe me or anyone feels like, oh, well, fuck, I can't say anything or put anything out there because what if someone finds it and is like, well, Jesse's racist or yeah. Jesse's, Jesse likes Trump or Jesse like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? When the, the, um, I had an interview that I did one of these with just myself interviewing uh, Brini. I don't know. She used to be Dope Fiend the Unicorn. Really great oh, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. she's awesome. And she's, uh, she was telling me a lot about this um, book she's been reading it's and it's very focused on public shaming um where you know someone puts something out now and then uh you know the internet and the public just absolutely takes it and takes it way further well if someone you know maybe th maybe they did something wrong or maybe it wasn't agreeable you know th their opinion and whatnot but then people will take it to the absolute extreme and just did like you know um she made an example of someone who uh it was a terrible example where someone was um, tr like made a quote unquote joke going to Africa, saying um, going to Africa or wherever. Hope I don't get AIDS or something on Twitter. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And, but then <laughs> that's a bit over the line. But then uh, yeah, so yeah, like that's that's terrible and all. But then all the people like she gets off the plane, she get there has no service and whatnot, and they're. Um, you know, all her mentions are, you should fucking die. I hope someone rapes you out there. And like, so they'll take it to the next extreme where it's like, what's worse at that point? Yeah. You know? oh, that's a pretty gnarly thing to yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. But I mean, it's, I, I yeah. feel like, okay, my, cause I, again, like I like to analyze those things from like both sides. Yeah. And for me, I feel like that comes from a lot of like, back in the day, there wasn't social media yeah. and like social media, uh, forces a lot or isn't force but it makes it a positive experience for you to just say what's on your mind 24 right. 7 right. whereas before it would be like in the circle yeah. so like all your friends would, <laughs> yeah. like you'd say that your friends would be like man that's fucked up yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you but you know and you know that it's your friend so you know he's joking yeah you know yeah. what i mean uh -huh. and then <laughs> but, some people take it out of context yeah. and right 
but when you have it in such a like in such a huge like platform where anybody can take it and run with it how they want, it's what like we now know is like cancel culture, where like the first thing that people do, and I feel like this is like common, like this is the same thing as it used to be before. It's just like we had le- less opportunity or less like, uh, yeah, less opportunity to see these things. Is that like we as humans, like our initial instinct is fear, right? Is that that's like mm-hmm. what they teach you in yeah yeah right so when you when you lead with that it's like it, a lot of people don't have the ability or don't know that that's the thing that you're supposed to overcome you know what i mean like that's the thing that that creates like that created like the Wright brothers and being able to like fly a plane but like first you were humans trying to jump off a cliff yeah. like <laughs> you know what i mean but like it creates this like ask this idea where like Fear, it's okay to lead with fear. You know what I mean? It's okay to just like shit on somebody for sh- something that you haven't explored and don't understand. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it doesn't give people an opportunity that, to have mistakes. And right. I feel like that's something that we have to learn with that, I, with the whole the idea of social media is that like you can't really just say everything that you want. You yeah. want to, and it, it seems like there are people out there that do. But like when you look at people like Ariana Grande or like anybody to that magnitude, they have a huge team behind them that's like vetting everything that they say. Yeah, like very she, she's PR literally focused. in a room with 30 people and she's like, I want to tweet this. And they're like, Ariana, no, <laughs> no, don't yeah. tweet that, Ariana. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Or even if she does, they, it, there's still 30 people who can flip it to something that's positive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a different world. It's a completely different world. And like people that are at our level, or even for instance, like at Kanye's level, it's like Kanye lives in a world where everything that he said was right for a long while, and now it's not, because, like, he can't be dickhead, arrogant Kanye anymore. He kind of has to, like, bring himself back. So, yeah, it's a little bit more PC yeah, I mean, now. Yeah, so, so, like, you either have that team at that level, or you don't, and you learn how to, like, handle it yourself. Like, one of my favorite uh, examples of it was uh, Will Smith did this interview with Rap Radar, and he talks a lot about, because he existed in both generations, right? So the first generation, uh, when he was a superstar, was like, you don't come out or say anything to the public until you have something to promote. If you have a movie to promote, now you're out there and like yeah. mm-hmm. everything is structured, right? But other than that, it's a lore. Nobody knows about your family life. Nobody knows who you're dating. Ray Tay Tay, you know what I mean? And then he's like, man, like when it changed, he realized that like people didn't like him because they didn't know him. And, like, the new world is, like, you have to kind of, like, grow with it but be able to analyze yourself more quickly and and kind of, like, learn as you're going what you can do or what you can't do or what's good to be able to explore with people from what you have to go actually see a therapist for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How much of yourself do you put out there for people to really see, I guess? Yeah. But he's great at that now, right? Like, Hell yeah. But he, that's he, also because, like, I feel like he, because he existed in both worlds, it was easy for him to make that transition and he knew who to talk to about it, right? But like yeah. for us, it's like we, and it's, it's also funny because it is also completely by chance because there are some extremely fucked up people out there <laughs> who people love and revere. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's I think Will Smith is a great example of someone who's actually kind of opening the conversation for men's mental health and actually talking. Mm-hmm. Like he's which one is great. Of, yeah. yeah, which is great. He's one of the only people that's out there kind of openly talking about his mental health or what's going on in his life and how to fix things or how to work with things. Yeah. Um, I, I think th- I think one of the biggest um, pieces where a lot of these superstars and whatnot, it's great that they're starting to talk about it. Um, and it's great to kind of uh, 
pointed out in a in a way that um, for those people who are you know have this crazy list of accomplishments and home runs, um, you know it'll come off as intimidating to most people. So to humanize things, it's awesome about you know talking about like a tough t experiences that they've come across or you know somewhere they've seen a ton of self doubt and all that. So to loop it back to you, has there been anything like that for you? You know you know, showing it out in the social world, obviously getting kicked out of school and whatnot, or kicked out of your parents' house and all that is obviously tough, but anything that's ha ever happened musically? Um, <clears throat> or just, you know, creatively in your adult life? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I do strongly feel like I'm not where I want to be by any way, shape, or form. Like, I'm not following that timeline that I had when I was, like, younger. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I feel like, I'm lucky enough to, uh, like, to always be learning and to, I don't know how to put it. It's, it's, it's like I, I strongly believe that there are no boundaries or no timelines, and it, I used to believe that, but the more that I progress, I realize that, like, I'm doing things that I thought I wouldn't be able to do if I didn't do it at this time that I'm, like, extremely happy about and excited about, and... I feel like that's something that is definitely something that exists in the world, but your ability to be able to kind of like see why it exists is how you're, you'll still be able to progress. Um, and it's hard. Like it's, it's something that like I'm very, very, like I've, I've said this like a million times, but I'm very, very like I will analyze things internally so much, so mm -hmm. constantly that like I feel like I I have a good grasp all the time. Like, I'm not, I'm my own therapist. That's awesome. <laughs> Can you think of a moment where you maybe, like, have fell flat on your face and, and had to pick yourself back up, or? Mm. Uh, I, I can, but not, it's not, it wouldn't be me, like, it wasn't me that caused it. Mm -hmm. And, I won't even get into that because it's a long story, but, <laughs> but like, yeah. So, I, I, so mm. what was a, a route or path you took um, to, you know, whatever that thing may be, you know, what were some of the steps and you take to get over that? I feel like a big thing is just being able to not let the fall from grace overwhelm you or consume you. Because, like, a lot of people would be like, man, I used to be this, and now I'm this. You know what I mean? Or, like, I used to be able to, like, go out and eat at these, like, fancy restaurants every week and blah, blah, blah. And, like, now I can't even really afford McDonald's. You know what I mean? Or just, like, even in an emotional aspect where it's, like, I, like, I used to have all these people that would hit me up and fuck with me, like, all the time. And now, like, my phone doesn't ring. or Like, there's just so many things that, like, if you let... If you don't analyze or reflect on the fact, and this is another thing that uh, is uh, that I accept a lot with me is that like I am, I think about Murphy's Law a lot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think about the fact that like anything that can go wrong, quite possibly will, and how I'm able, how I, how I will deal with that. You know what I mean? So before I go into a lot of situations, I already know how it, how it's gonna feel if it if it doesn't, you know. That's awesome. That's a fall, great you know what I mean? Um, you mentally prepare yourself. Exactly. Well, Jesse, you mentioned the our first intro podcast that mental health, in your opinion, is kind of you know like going to the gym. You you know prepare your body to overcome certain obstacles. So mental health is one of those things where you if you can prepare your mind um, 
through whatever it may be, other hardships, good things, bad, whatever, um, you'll be able to overcome more things that come at you because you're more mentally prepared. So that's really Hell yeah. cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. That seems like one of the things you kind of do. Is there any, like, mental health can be very broad. Is there any, like, for you, does it have a definition in, in what, in your life or? I mean, I feel like it's, to me, it has a lot to do, and it's not, like, it's fully a definition, but it does have a lot to do with just, like, the 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 timeline of your life against the world mm -hmm. so it's like there's energies right and like we're all, like we're all born into this world with a hand with a, with a card uh with like a hand right like yeah. a card a plane yeah delta hand of cards delta hand of cards there you go yeah, that's <laughs> <the same. laughs> Got it. but um like it's you have to really be able to understand. And I don't like the idea of like saying that you have to learn how to play it because it's not about playing it. It's about really just like being like <laughs> going completely against it and being like, yo, fuck the hand. Like, yeah. let's just have a conversation. You know what yeah. I mean? Let's just like figure this out. Like your hand is this. So how can we all win instead mm -hmm. of just like, I want to win. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's um, cool. It, <sighs> so, okay. So on, on that topic, yeah. well, uh, no, go, go, go ahead. What um, on that topic? <laughs> on that topic of you know bringing up you know the pe how can we all win? How do you do? You have a process for finding those key people around you that you know are either worth your time or do you feel or that are part of your circle? Or do they become kind of engraved in in your path um, from the past? I feel like I I do, but I. Like, okay, so to continue what I was saying before, kind of, is that uh, for the definition, there's a lot that has to do with just, like, a lot of people, like, what, what I was saying before, like, you'll get consumed with, like, your own fame or popularity yeah. or whatever, and it's just, like, you think it'll never end, and, like, you're growing to this pace, and people are, like, gassing you up and making it seem like you're unstoppable. So when anything happens, it's like, shit, it's the end of the world, but if you're able to really always take a step back and see what's going on and really know that like, yo, that person's gassing you up, but they don't really mean it. They just want to take that opportunity or mm -hmm. whatever. Or, and it's not always negative. Sometimes it's just like, yo, uh, or like being able to see just what every, who everybody else is and what they desire. Um, like it gives you a better perspective of how you're able to approach situations because you will get to a point uh, where like everybody, nobody needs anything from you. Or like you have a group of people who you truly believe in and who you all have like the same path and you guys will continue to keep each other up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and being able to find that I feel like does have a lot to do with being able to like analyze that because if you don't analyze yourself and the situation that you're in completely, then you will have people who seep through the cracks that are just trying to like leech off you or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's something that I feel like I've always loved about like half wits. And, like, you guys have taught me a lot in regard to just, like, how you guys get along. Because, like, I've worked with so many, like, companies or, or clothing lines or businesses. And, like, I've seen so much, like, dissension and, like, like crazy shit. And people, yeah. like, talking crazy shit behind each other's backs. And, like, so many people just, like, fall apart. But, like, every time I'm around you guys, it's just, like, all love. And even if, like, there is anything, it's just, like, you guys are, have already talked about it. Or, like, you know what I mean? There's, like, yeah. a complete understanding that I kind of, like, always dig. And, like, I've kept that because I've used that a lot. Yeah, I think it's a, 
you always got to talk about stuff. I'm kind of getting the one thing, like, I love to ask if there's any tips or tricks that you use mm -hmm. to deal with your own mental health. And I think one of the main things with you is, is taking that time to really reflect on your life and yeah. your friends and what's going on around you. It's so easy to just get caught up every day. Go, 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 mm go. -hmm. But taking that, whether it's a half an hour in the morning, a half hour at night, a half hour on your lunch break from work and kind of just reflecting on yeah. what is, zooming out a little bit and reflecting on what's actually yeah. going on in your life. That's like, that's probably the, the only tip that I have is like that. Yeah. Like everything else, like I've never really like, it all kind of falls into it. But also like, to, not to make it sound like it's the easiest thing to do because there's so much shit that like I have to deal with when it comes to that because even though you're ready to answer something, it doesn't mean that other people are ready to answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I've definitely like lost relationships or like put a lot of weight on relationships for like being able to or ha being able to feel a certain way and ask certain questions that that person's just not ready to answer. You right. know what I mean? And that's something that you have to be able to. Uh, be ready for when you are doing that analysis because like when you are an analyzing things that much you always are going to kind of like have answers that or questions that people won't have answers for yeah. you know what, what I mean is it like if you wake up in the morning you wake up and you're in a shitty mood mm -hmm. is there what what's a, a trick that you maybe you use to just kind of like pop out, out of that of that yeah. mentality some people it's exercise you know some people are like you know what I got to go to the gym I got to work it out. Some people, it's like, I need to go for a walk. Some people, I need to talk to this person. Okay, this is, I'm going to have to ask a question, but like, yeah. what, what is a shitty mood? Right. You know what I mean? Like I, like, I always, like for me, if I ever feel a certain way or I wake up and I feel off, like, again, that's, that's an analysis for me. Like, what did I do the night before? Oh shit! I drank like thirty fucking yeah. <laughs> thirty liters of JMO to my head. Like you know what I mean? It's like there's a reason why I'm in that mood, and I always that's always something I reflect on heavily. Like it, bringing it to music, there have been a couple of times where I've had some like terrible performances for the fact that like I uh, like it's always like something like technical that I fucked up on, and I'm hard on myself, but then it's it's like this rough period where like I will take the day and just like kind of like analyze it and I'll probably like write a million things down in regard mm -hmm. to like how I can prevent that from happening next time, whatever. It's like a lot of like, I to be honest, I don't think I really ever put a lot of onus on anybody other than myself. That's good. Uh, and really good. with that, it's like just a bunch of being able to like ask those questions to yourself and be open to the answer. So, like, I'm never, like, in a shitty mood. I'm just like, I'm going to spend the day in a shitty mood. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know for, for myself, where I always catch myself is, you know, in the morning, you wake up, you're just feeling groggy, um, you get out of bed, and, like, just nothing's going right. You know, you, you, you pour your drink, you just spill, you mm -hmm. fucking burn, your, burn yourself in your coffee because you're not paying attention to just little shit like that will will be kind of what sets me off, and I think for me the the first thing I have to do is just anal like analyze and be like and just address it. Be like, okay, you know, having bad luck this morning, you know, you just gotta. I kind of just take it down yeah. and just address it, and I think that makes it so much better. Just be like, all right, it's not going my way right now. Let's yeah. only up from here. It's also dope for me. This is like pretty fucked up. I don't know if it's fucked up, but it's just, like, it's probably, like, an interesting thing, but, like, I have 
a beautiful girlfriend and like a beautiful apartment. So when like when I wake up, if I am in a shitty mood or something goes wrong, like I look at those things and I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. But I'm it takes a lot to be able to realize that, right? Like oh, most people yeah. have beautiful, maybe someone has a beautiful girlfriend in a penthouse apartment. Yeah. But they're still sad. But for you to realize that what you have is amazing. Yeah. Is, is, is something that not a lot of people are able to pick out in their yeah. life. Like I can point to a CEO who probably has a fucking huge penthouse here in Liberty Village and has uh, a supermodel girlfriend, but but is so caught in a, a crazy rat race game and isn't doing what makes him happy that really fucks with his head. Yeah, but I feel sure. like what the issue with those things is like, the, it's always the goal, because like there's always something that, that's behind them, like, oh, like fucking Joe Blow is like doubling what I'm supposed to be doing, or like, yeah. you know, I, my car isn't big enough, my house isn't big enough, I want yeah. a plane. Yeah. But like, it's not, I feel like those things you don't let frustrate you, it's like you're, you're gonna get it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, there was a point where, like, again, like, I was, I was all about, like, timelines and, like, by this age, I got to have this and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, like, I feel like as long as you're working towards it and it's, and you're progressing or as long as you don't feel like you've gotten to a point where you're, like, man, that's, like, completely impossible, like, chill, bro. Yeah. And I also <laughs> think following, if you, like, trying to follow your passions, like, you've been through you're a definition of no correct way. Like the stories have told us, you've weaved, you've gone up, you've gone down, yeah. you've worked here, you've worked Hell there. Yeah. You've done so many different things and left things that didn't make you happy and are in a position now that it seems like you can, there's obviously things you're gonna do always in life that aren't exactly what you want, but you're in a place where you can follow, follow your passions and you're doing things for the reason that you wanna do them, yeah. not because you feel like society wants you to have a big car. Oh, hell yeah. Apartment. No, 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 not at all. Like, even when I talk about, like, my, my girl and my apartment, it's not like I'm living in a penthouse or whatever. It's just, like, I see, I'm I'm so, like, keen on, like, potential. You know what I mean? Like, when I look at, like, my life, all I see is potential. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm looking at it like, man, like, I really dug myself a hole that I can't get out of. Like, I'm in a place where, like, I can't dream and do whatever I want. Like, today, I feel like the thing that I like is that, like, today if I decided that I didn't want to do music anymore and I wanted to venture into something completely different, I haven't, like, completely separated myself from that opportunity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Other than maybe sports, because I'm probably, like, a little too old to get drafted or whatever. A little washed up now. Like <laughs> I, think that's a lot of, I think that's also a lot of self-confidence that you've built up in yourself through everything that you've been through. Mm-hmm. You might not realize it or not, but you've built up a certain amount of self-confidence that you know I can do anything. Yeah. Whether it's music, whether it's, I don't know, being the best barista, and whatever you want, whatever you want you've built up a, a certain amount of self-confidence um, that you can kind of... It's the art, art of the pivot, pretty much. You know, you're, yeah. you're able to see an opportunity, and whether it's in what you want now, in the path you're in right now, you're able to lean into something else, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Um, if For someone that's working at a job, let's say at a bank, that isn't really loving it, it's not their passion, um, but they're just doing it because they feel like it's the right thing to do, w- would you have one kind of message or anything you would kind of say to them? So the sickest thing, and this is something I didn't even find in myself, but um, so one of my homies, uh, Shahan, who owns Lost Craft, 
Shout yeah. out Lost Craft Beer. Yeah. Um, Big he, <laughs> he actually is somebody who like I, I'm hella inspired by because we had the same story to an extent where like, he started in the bank and he wasn't like super fulfilled and he took a trip to uh, Germany, I think, and he went to go see one of the brewing houses over there and like was just completely inspired by the process and everything and came back here, quit his job and started Lost Craft. And I saw, saw his company grow from just, like, fucking basically brewing it in his bathtub in his house. <laughs> I, me- I remember the first batch we ever got Lost Craft. And then we shot with you. And yeah. I'd kind of heard that story from you. And it's a really cool, yeah. cool one. We should try and get him on the pod. Yeah, yeah man. Hell, yeah. That would be mad dope. Because, like, what were, see, you ins- what were you inspired, though, by him? So, for him, it's, like, wh- when you work in a place like that, I feel like there's, because of, like, uh, keeping up with the Joneses and like the social aspect of life. It's like when you're in the banking industry, it you end up like looking around at the people who are around you and, and that person just like leased a BMW and just like uh, bought his first house or whatever the case may be. And they start building these benchmarks and you find yourself in a place where like if you don't take a step back really quickly, everybody's just in a race to continue to have something to up themselves when they walk into this fucking place that means nothing. You know what I mean? So, like, you spend your entire time trying to be the best in a little box of, like, 300 people or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, for him, he was able to take an opportunity to be like, I got vacay. I'm going here. I'm going there. And, like, having the opportunity to explore yourself and see that you want more in those aspects is, like, super important because, like, if you lose sight of the idea of being able to build the best you – then and you don't understand what that is outside of like being better than somebody else then like it you're you're lost you're done you're just in a cycle to accumulate a bunch of stuff and die so if i was a kid that was working at a a, a desk job or job or now that i didn't really like and i was you know i'm more passionate about uh i'm an artist but i just yeah. i can't fully commit to quitting this job because i know that it's like what my parents want me to do or yeah. something like, is there a message you would kind of give to that situation? My, my message would be take your time. Don't act, like, irrationally and quickly. Like, don't be like, fuck this, I can't do it while being here. Because I did that, and, like, I went through some crazy times, and, like, I was lucky enough to escape. But, like, take your time. Really find a balance in regard to knowing that you're able to take the money that you're making in this place that you hate and putting it towards your passions and not feeling like you're, you're doing it too slow. Like everything comes in time and you find the answers as long as you keep committed and lose some sleep over it. Yeah, <laughs> I like chipping that. Away, yeah, yeah, keep chipping away, you know what I mean? And uh, like eventually it'll all come together, but just like, at, like, in all honesty, any move that you make will probably be the right move as long as you analyze it and know uh, like why and stay committed to uh, refining that answer. But yeah, it's like just know that you, you can do it and just kind of keep a good understanding of who and, you are and, and what you and want. And as long as you're making these moves and making these decisions because you know, if, you, if you're asking yourself and giving yourself these pathways where you're, you, know, you have to make a choice, the, you know, there's always going to be a right choice in it, but doing nothing is not going to 
help at all. So it's exactly. good, you know, being flat-footed isn't going to help. Exactly. It's the same thing we were talking about earlier where, you know, if you're comfortable, it's, you know, by definition, keeping you where you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, if, if that's what you want, like, if you if you just want a house and yeah. a car and There's shit, do that. Yeah, I mean, as long yeah, as you're as long as you're happy, bro, fuck, like. That's true. Shit, like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... If if you were to say you know you kind of have this superpower by say to be able to analyze and self analyze you know from your childhood mm-hmm. of growing up kind of mm-hmm. being able to you know be your own therapist, um, but all the good superhero movies if you're talking movie moments have these inner battles that the, these heroes have. What would be some of your what or one of your inner battles or how do you battle like what would be your bad habit or anything like that? Mm. I feel like my bad habit is probably being too like super superhero esque in a sense where it's like I don't I've never felt like leaving anybody behind and I don't think to as much as I can think I ever have left anybody behind and it's a it's a good and a bad thing because I feel like I have a lot of answers and I should probably like in a lot of other people's minds be progressing a lot quicker but I also strongly believe in being able to build that community around you that, like, wherever you go, nobody can take it from you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's a lot of people who can become a superstar like that, but they can also lose it like that because nobody around them actually cares about them. You know what I mean? Again, going back to Kanye, I feel like that's a big thing where, like, there were a lot, lot of opportunities. Like, I feel heavily about, like, the Jay-Z and him situation where, like, if he had Jay-Z on his side, he'd probably be a lot, like, a lot better off mm-hmm. in regard to just like his sanity and just like being able to trust people around him you know what I mean and like that's one thing that I want like I don't want to get to where I'm going and get to where I'm going with a bunch of un- unfamiliar faces um, this is a pretty like it's a tough question to answer and there's no right answer to it but like looking at statistics and stuff suicide is uh, an all time high and men's suicide is really at an all-time high Can, do you in your opinion do you think there's any any reasons for that and what like what do you think are some things we can maybe do to help it decrease um i feel like to be honest things like this like podcasts and any opportunity that you have to like really step away from like the fast life of social media and shit is like super important and it is something that like it kind of the same as like what I was talking about before with like the Caribbean community. It's something that is changing a lot in regard to the world completely. Where it's like there are like all the answers that we used to have don't make sense anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And a lot of communities are beginning to have a lot of say. And unfortunately, men have played a huge role in being world leaders. So we're going to take a huge beating in regard to the policies and the ideas and everything that we've created. And it sucks because, like, I get a lot of flack for this a lot, but I feel like people don't, like, I'm aware that, like, obviously, like, women, LGBTQ, and everybody obviously have been taking a crazy beating forever. And it, it it's like, how do I put it? People, somebody who... They, like people always talk about the idea of like, oh, like you shouldn't feel upset or you shouldn't feel sad because 
somebody in a third world country is like doing worse off. But if you've never experienced that pain, your pain is like your your pain threshold is just way less. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to feel that pain. You just have to figure out how to like handle that. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's where we are today, where it's like you really, and again, going back to like having a solid circle, you really have to be able to have a group of people who understand you enough to like really like be able to talk to you when you're at that point. You know what I mean? And like trust them enough to be able to know that you're not ever on your own. So you don't make any decisions that you shouldn't. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very important to know that somebody has those keys for you that you can I just really, be like, I really yeah. like that. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. You don't, that's it, man. Like, everyone's going through stuff, if, whether it's someone in third world country or whether it's just a, a man who's going through some, some mental problems in his head. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all peaks and valleys, right? Yeah. You know, some, some people, you know, sure, they, they have it a lot worse, mm-hmm. but, you know, it doesn't discount it, what you know any of the hardships that anyone has. Do you, yeah, man. Do you find in the Caribbean community uh, people are starting to be able to talk, especially men, talk about their feelings more? Or is it still pretty like that's uh, not what you're supposed to do? No, and in, in the Caribbean community, it hasn't changed. I think I feel like at all the change comes from like traveling away from it. Like it's another reason. Like uh, we didn't talk about this a lot, but. Uh, I love to travel for that reason, right? It's just, like, you get a new perspective of, like, somewhere else in the world and how they're living and what's going on. And, like, it just opens your eyes and allows you to be able to think a lot broader. You know what I mean? Totally. And, like, that I feel like is important for everyone. But even if you can't travel, it's being able to find those pockets that, like, even to the slightest degree can. And then for us being in the positions that we are and if we have the opportunity to travel, it's being able to leave a good mark on the places that we are in regard to things that we see that they can improve. You know what I mean? Like, I like that. Yeah. It's really good. So you, especially traveling, I think you said, even if it's traveling just around like gr- the greater Toronto area. Yeah. You know, hell any yeah. type of travel you can. Hell yeah. Cause you see other people's lives and you really reflect on, wow, like there is people going through stuff and you usually reflect and be like, holy fuck, I'm blessed to have the life that I do Hell have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, any problems that you do have, it sometimes shrinks them mm-hmm. and makes you th- kind of think bigger about are they actually big problems that I'm going through compared to someone else's. But yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a lot of, lot about perspective there. And yeah, just but the analysis is important. It's just like never swallowing it. It's never taking the idea of like, yo, somebody else is suffering more, so just like shut up and deal with it. No, yeah. like... Talk about it. You okay, talk it, about it. Yeah, even if it's fuck, it's just something as simple as like you woke up in the morning and burnt yourself with your coffee. If you really feel a super strong way about it, bro, vent about it vent for the it. entire day. <laughs> like, fuck, man, I can't believe I just burnt myself with this coffee. <laughs> it's <laughs> killing me inside. And your and your close knit circle hurts. friends. <laughs> Still goddamn, goddamn coffee. <laughs> Do you have a group of friends that you f- you can turn to if you are feeling, whether it's like your girlfriend or, or a group of male friends that if you are going through tough times, you can turn to and talk to? Um, yeah. Like, I, you know, I know it's funny. It's like I appreciate <laughs> uh, social media and the people that I'm around for that because, like, I, again, because of how much I do analyze, like, things, I, I don't feel like I have, like, the the most amazing close group of friends mm-hmm. but the things that i love about the people that i'm around like like you guys and everybody really is just like 
everybody has this like amazing like quality to them that like I'm really inspired and really like admire and look up to and it's just like that's something that like whenever I open my phone I don't have a social media filled with a bunch of negative shit I have a social media filled with a bunch of people that inspire me that I love you know mm-hmm. what I mean smart yeah to kind of but that's the choice that you've made with in with the people that you follow yeah or you know what I mean hell yeah I think a lot of people will go out you know say if they're all their their, their log is just filled with like billionaires and yeah people like you know crazy lifestyle exotic stuff and then they'll probably see that you know non-stop and then they'll be like fuck i don't have that I'm yeah about to go drive to work in my civic hell yeah <laughs> so it's, you know i think they'll beat themselves up with that hell yeah so i think you know authenticity is becoming such a buzzword mm-hmm. but if you're able to surround yourself with you know people that closer to you that you know have these you know that are just inspiring to you yeah, hell yeah i think you'll be able to but definitely like 2019 the goal is to like to to take whatever I'm getting from like those aspects and whatever little bit I know about everybody and being able to know more, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I want to get invited to four or five Thanksgivings, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I want to start meeting parents. Marking it in my calendar now, <laughs> Trey. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Um, Hell yeah. We'll be fighting over him. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's one thing I've always found about you, though, man. You have a very warm, loving, positive, supportive. Uh, attitude towards your friends but also towards life and that's something that I want to thank you for because it's it's not something that you find in in a lot of people and and it's not an easy thing to do so thank you for having that and thank you for sharing it with Thanks, everyone yeah. and the energy you, know, you put out and everything is something you know Jesse and I have talked about just in pa- in passing to each other with either your music you, you know the way you come out for a photo shoot and all that you put a, a shit ton of energy into it so much it's awesome (laughs) you know energy into everything you do and like you do and you do do everything (laughs) so um yeah thank you for that i guess the only thing i kind of i mean i could we could talk to you forever and i have more questions but we'll do a part two another time yeah Yeah, for sure what's next for trey you kind of touched on 2019 but what what's next for you man what are your What's going on? What are your goals um, for this year? The mixtape. T- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mixtape dropping. Check out my mixtape dropping. <laughs> no, uh, it is music, though. Like, I, I touched on it a little bit, but, like, it's definitely something that I'm diving more into. But, I mean, to an extent, I feel like what I want is for music to be the forefront of everything, but still be able to, like, do fashion, do modeling, being able to, like, still throw events like I kind of want to in 2019 bring everything together in a very specific way and move forward but I feel like all of the aspects of all of that are in line so well that I'm very excited and very confident to put it forward but like music is very very forefront right now for me awesome if if you were to so so I got I think two more questions they're short Mm -hmm. if you were to say this is exactly what I do this is how I kill it what is it fuck <laughs> you want to know it's funny I I uh so it's like maybe two months ago or three months ago uh me and a friend of mine uh Gabe who's like a visual artist um we were having coffee like kind of having like an informal meeting at uh Capitol in Parkdale, and we're chilling, and we're having this conversation about this, like, art show that we want to do, and there's this dude who's across from us, uh, who's just, like, clearly listening to what we're saying and shit, and then he jumps in, 
and uh, he like has this idea, and we're like, cool, like the idea is dope. But it's a funny about having the conversation about jumping in and then knowing how to like leave the conversation, which he had no intention of leaving. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is chill. It was just like the wrong time because we were like catching up and just like there were so many other things that we were worried about. We didn't want like outside like energy, but. Um, he, it was funny being able to see who he was as a person because basically he like drops his two cents but then also stays there to brag about who he is as a human. So he's like, yeah, my name is so on and so forth and I do all the hiring for uh, Porter Airlines. He's like, I, do, I hire every single person. You're, put, you're putting this guy on blast. <laughs> he's, probably only, he's probably the only guy. <laughs> but he's like, he's, like, he's like in the conversation and, like we're, we're, uh, and so he's like asking us what we do and, like, uh, Gabe has this, like, one-liner. He's like, you know, I'm a visual artist, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, bro, I, I do everything, man. Like, I don't want to give you an answer because the thing that I love the most about who I am really is that, like, in any relationship that I enter, I love being able to be a part of the things that you're, that you're, you're aspiring to. I feel like I'm, like, a lot of people have that one-liner and a lot of people are really passionate about that one-liner. Like, yo, I do fashion I do this and like I like being able to explore every avenue so I like being able to not have you feel like yo like Trey's the music guy like we don't need to go to him for anything else you know what I mean like I love being able to to have a relationship where somebody's like man you know what I really need I need somebody to do this for me and they're like yo maybe it's like fucking I need somebody to help me like interior design my house and I'm like got you <laughs> Don't, it's not closing any doors. <laughs> exactly. But and you're, like, you're, you're creative for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like yeah. that. that. I feel like that's what it is. Like, I'm, I'm creative. Just yeah. As, as like, I, I hate saying that as well because like that has a connotation. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if, if, I, if you were like, yo, what do you do or who are you? I'm like, I'm a creative. <laughs> <laughs> so twirl, twirling your mustache. <laughs> yeah. People would be like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question. You get to make a shirt with a phrase on it. Oh, what's, shit. What's the phrase? Oh. <laughs> what color is the shirt? <laughs> what type of shirt is it, and what's the, what's the phrase? Um, <laughs> right now, uh, because, so, it's funny, because I do have, like, this, like, pet project fashion uh, uh, clothing line that I'm doing with, like, a friend of mine, uh, Arison. And we, it's kind of what we do, like we create like graphic tees or whatever. Um, and the phrase that we've been working on recently that's been like really important to me is uh, God save black men. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it means a lot mainly because like the, the way that the world is working is it's like first like we're dealing with obviously like what I was talking about before with like the whole idea of like the fall from grace for men in general. And, like, having to navigate that world and being, like, so socially wrong right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And something that I wanted to say about that as well is that, like, for men, I feel like it's really, really important for you, especially if you're, like, you're a hetero man, is for you to be able to actually, like, dive into these different worlds. Like, you know, have uh, friends from, like, that are, are in the LGBTQ culture, like have a lot more women friends that you don't want to fuck. And <laughs> you know so, what I mean? So just true, like, though. yeah, it's just like that. It's you're not gonna understand it unless you you're actually like in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you don't know what's right from what's wrong, and like it 
it's shitty because I don't feel like right now, again, because of cancel culture, the world right now is in a place where like we're very like anti everything and like you probably will get shat on for the first little while, but just like know that it's a part of the learning experience. <laughs> That's um, sir. Great point, yeah. yeah. But the other part of it is that like we I feel like black people and especially black men have never really had a very defined identity or the opportunity to create an identity that they feel comfortable in. So like it's another thing that we need to explore a lot that I want to like really break barriers for. So like I definitely am thankful for this opportunity because like it does give me like a voice that will allow me to, to express that to the world and like have more people think about that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah definitely just touching on that point you said. Um, don't just write things off or write ideas off. The worst thing I can I hate is when you're talking to people and you're talking about something and they instantly no, I, that's not yeah. me. no, I don't like that. That's not that's not me. It's like bro, at least entertain it, entertain it for a minute or two, and then if you don't like it after talking about it for a bit, fine. But if, if someone's like right away like no, it's just like dude, entertain it for a bit. Yeah, and, oh and like God. try it out. You know what I mean? It's try it out and then and then make a, a call on whether you like it or not. Mm. Not just right away like no, no. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because. It sucks for creativity too if you're trying to be creative and mm -hmm. someone just shits on your idea right away. It's like, well, we need to work it. We need to go through that. Yeah, there are a lot of times that like I'll I'll definitely like play around like where I'll do that. Like I'm like, nope, never doing that. Yeah, me too, man. I'm really bad but, at that. I, I, got, I, got, I got called on it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Couple cancel calls heroes right oh here. Oh my yeah. god! But I also like. I, I hope that everybody knows that like I'm joking. So like yeah. for instance, one big one is like everybody's always inviting me to like go ski or snowboard. I'm like, nope, <laughs> I'll never. <laughs> I'm do going that. skiing tomorrow. When I <laughs> but like maybe you know you know what I mean. Uh, in the right situation, I, yeah. I'll be out there. I, you'll pro I'll probably end up in like the lodge drinking a like a nice hot chocolate. But like I'll go out there. Fly as fuck though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'll give it a one try. I'll shoot down the hill once. <laughs> well, I think we did it. That was sick. Yeah. Thank you, Dre, again. Hell yeah. Thank you. Dude. Is there any, can we, can people follow you anywhere? Uh, any handles you want to put out there? Um, Instagram, Aldati, L-D-A-A-T-I. Follow me there. Um, and yeah, I mean, hit me up in my DMs. I'm pretty open to having conversations, but like everything starts from there really at this point. Like, yeah, your mm -hmm. Instagram's great too. Yeah. You're very open about what you feel and how you're feeling about different subjects, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, which is great because it's it's a real conversation starter. So I oh, suggest yeah. anyone who wants to know more about Trey, follow him there and uh, he'll probably tell you too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably leak his mixtape to you maybe. <laughs> probably. All right. Thank you so much. That's Trey. it. We did it. Hey. Thanks, brother. Yeah. <laughs>